0: Welcome to our podcast. This is Tea Time with the Psychos. Our vision for this podcast is to highlight mental health issues and topics while fucking shit up and enjoying tea. I am Caitlin Keneally, a psychotherapist and licensed professional counselor
1: by the state of Wisconsin. And I'm Elizabeth Nelson, just a psycho in training and a mental health advocate. Thanks Thanks for for joining us. (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode three. Yes, and today we are going to talk about mental health in relation to COVID nineteen.
0: Yes, yes, a very relevant topic. Um, I feel like this has to be like a part one. We're probably going to have like kind of like those what was it now CDs, isn't it?
1: Like- yeah, now it's like one fifty six. Yeah, we're at.
0: So I definitely feel like this could be or it will be um, layered and have more. But I think, you know, we need to start uh, broaching this topic because we're dealing with it and it's right in
1: front of our face. And it's not going away anytime (laughs) soon, I don't believe.
0: Right, right. Um, One perspective, though, that I think that I'm trying to take with it is, uh, you know, as a therapist, I'm in it with everybody else, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So it doesn't put me outside of that box. So sometimes, oh, you can't understand, right? Or different things like that. But actually, I can because I have to live it with you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I have to be very hyper vigilant as to how I'm reacting to it as well and be actually even more in tune with myself to make sure that I'm taking care of myself so that I can take care of other people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that multiple classes that I've been taking – this semester or for work or like different webinars that like everything is about self-care and I know we don't have that like on the list but like that was um oh he just put it that's great (laughs) but that always seems to be like the surrounding topic right now like how are you going to self-care for yourself um during this and like the other day I think I was listening to a webinar About families who have experienced trauma. And I was like, and they did a whole um, three-hour training session on self-care, which I think is appropriate. But I also was like, God, I'm sick of talking about self-care, but it's so relevant. But I think people want to continue to talk about it because it looks so different for everyone.
0: Right. Well, I actually, I'm putting together a workshop. I've done it before, specifically about self-care, because when it comes to self-care, the number one thing I want you to remember is that it's not selfish, okay? I don't even know where this came from. If someone could tell me, I would really like to retract that, right? Because we get so confused. We think by, you know, putting other people's um, things on our plate, right? Not filling our own cup, that that's self-care, when it's actually the opposite. You need to be able to fill your own cup, right? Um, But you have to learn how to do that. That. And people think, like, when they think of self care, the first thing that comes to their mind is bubble baths. Care,
1: I know, I knew start. you were gonna fucking say those, this. Those
0: exterior things, which I am not saying are bad. And in fact, do them if that is going to make you feel good for a little bit. But remember that there's different components of self care. So it's like professional self care, emotional self care, psychological self care, physical self care, spiritual self care. You know what I mean? Like, there's a yeah. the whole thing on it, which I actually do, which we could actually do it on here, I guess, sometime as well. Um, But those are the pieces. And that's what you have to start tapping into for that self-care, because I'm not really sure that just getting a pedicure is going to be filling your own cup, if that's Mm -hmm. it. People need to learn how um, to really do self-care. So we think, right, so what I teach people is, well, try to get them to think about that. If you keep filling from a depleted cup, right? Like, oh, I'm, I, I, but I take care of this person. I do this. I, I do this. Uh, well, your cup is empty, right? Eventually, you have nothing to give anymore. But remember, kind of pulling back to that 1%, which we can also do at a different time, activity is how am I going to fill my cup up 1% today through these pieces of self-care now that I know how to do them,
1: Yeah. And I mean, my, I think that the at works, we have a self-care stipend, And so we're allowed for the whole year, like $250, they reimburse. And so I think they have a skewed image of like what that is. Um, Because like what, like, I know there are things that you can purchase with like self care. But I think in their mind, it's like, oh, get the pedicure. Oh, buy this for this. Oh, we'll reimburse you. And then I was like, but really, is that like initiating the fact that like this is promoting self care? Because I don't think that that. Like, offering that, yes, would be great, but I don't think it is. Like, I think people rather have, like, PTO, right, and, like, give you a day.
0: Right. So, I mean, I think at, at least they offer that. I think that that's cool. I yeah. think it's unique. But, again, when – so, there's an assessment that's online um, to, that you can, and you find out which categories you're doing well in in those different areas. Like I said, I do a workshop. But when they – the categories when you break down the self-care are professional, physical, psychological, Emotional, spiritual, and personal. So when you're doing the pedicures or the the, 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 those external types of things, that's kind of personal, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of go into physical, I guess, but physical is more of like working out and those different types of things. But so I think we get really caught in because we've probably only been taught the personal. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, if I go do this, why don't I feel better? Oh, I feel better for a little bit. But what I try to teach people, and then what you have to flip around is, are you also meeting your professional needs, right? So professional self-care is turning your phone off, not checking your emails, uh, taking your lunches, not sitting at your desk and taking your lunches, you know what I mean? Um, Those, that's also self-care, right? So the physical could be eating healthy, working out, doing those different types of things. Am I doing that for 15 minutes? Am I doing this three times a week, right? Um, Psychological um, or emotional could be going to see a Therapist, right? Or emotional journaling, crying, watching a sappy video—I don't know—and um, then spirituals, kind of connecting, right, um, with whatever your spirituality is or however you kind of want to do that. And so, what I try to teach people off of this uh, workshop is, all right, well, let's break this down. And how about on Monday, you're going to focus on your professional self-care. What do you need to do? And we literally write it out, right? And so, once people kind of start getting into that rhythm, it becomes very easy for them to recognize oh yeah and then they don't without realizing it oh i'm filling my cup right until it becomes routine so like how i take care of myself right um yeah. is i wake up uh, around five o'clock every morning
1: <laughs> she's a fucking early riser kids i get text sometimes yes
0: yes um so i wake up around five every morning right um but i need to do that because i need to get my Right. My psychological self in the game for my day. Right. So I have that time to myself. I drink my coffee. I read. I'll be on my phone. uh, I'll do meditation. Right. Potentially. I haven't been doing that as often, Um, but going for walks. Then I hit my physical one, too. Right. Um, My personal one, getting ready for the day. Plus, that's my professional one. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, every morning I'm in this routine so that I can be better for my patients, right? And so I can teach them because I always try, like, I'm going to practice what I preach. Um, And so I try to hit on those at least almost every single day.
1: Yeah. And I think that with this pandemic, though, it's highlighted that, like, we didn't, we don't really know what self-care is and that we didn't understand its importance until I... I don't, I don't know if this is how I should say it, but like you're stripped of everything mm-hmm. or the majority or the people that have the highest roles and make the most decisions mm-hmm. um, are stripped of these like, it, just routines that are just set up for them right. with from other people that then maintain that. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's why this is such a bigger topic, even though I think it's been a buzzword that's kind of increased over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um But I think it just was highlighted and heightened um, at the start of the pandemic because people were having to really like look at themselves and their houses and their surroundings and the people they were living with and associating with and like, are these things all filling my cup?
0: agree 100% and I mean I just think about myself all of a sudden right all of a sudden everything just stopped sort of right Mm -hmm. it's a big halt um and for me to go from having my social calendar full right my um my work schedule full and then to all of a sudden be at home sitting there, um, not knowing what the future, even if my career was going to look like, right? We hadn't even, I mean, talk about telehealth, that can be a whole nother series, Mm -hmm. right? Like this wasn't something that us as therapists were even really trained in, right? Insurance companies didn't cover it. You didn't go that route. Um, And so now you're home and you're just like, whoa, right? You're looking at the walls around you. You're looking at your choices. I think in fact, due to the pandemic, we've had to look at ourselves in the mirror. Like, and this is what I teach clients to do and it's hard
1: (laughs) no I agree and I so for people who don't know Caitlin and I um we're very similar but very different also and so I always tell people like I loved being able to like not have to have the social calendar um and like that offered me the opportunity though to also look at myself in the mirror because what was i giving up that filled my cup in order to meet the needs of those around me that i loved and cared about because that filled their cup um and so but then it's the opposite for like people who are generally extroverts who needed that or enjoyed that and that filled part of their cup but so i think it was no matter who it was oh, yeah. it was everyone who like had to like look in the mirror and be like I am not doing what I need to be doing in order. And it's made me to – I've allowed myself to be more selfish. Like, I've changed priorities. I've made it okay that this isn't my priority and this is – Um, Because that helps me be a better me.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree with you. It definitely made me think about things, think about relationships in a different way. But, you know, I, being extroverted, I thrive off of social interaction, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always had pretty good boundaries and those different types of things. But, you know, I, my cup, to a degree, gets filled when I feel energy. So to not have that for over two months, right? Because it's totally different. I'm grateful that eventually we got to get on the telehealth and that it's an option and different things like that, but you, it's just not the same. And so literally I couldn't wait to get back into the office. Now, is it a little bit weird because you have to wear masks and those different types of things, but it is, that is filling my cup. But I also would say I've been very careful, right. And done very limited things with Small groups, and you know, um, so that's a, a very another topic, but that has also filled my cup. But I will tell you this I think you're gonna like it. I don't mind being home as
1: much. <laughs> I know my favorite thing was when you, I can't remember if you were on the phone, FaceTime. I don't remember what you were doing, but you're like, I saved so much money, <laughs> and I was like, Damn right, you did, girl. I was like, Oh my god, because she loves to do stuff with you I, guys, she I does. Do. Yes. I'm going to
0: shows, I like going out to dinner. I like—I mean, you name it. I mean, I love party planning. I like event planning. Like, it is just—if I could cash in all my degrees, right, and, and switch things, further, I would be a
1: party planner. I know. Like, yep. I
0: thrive off of it. I'm very detail orientated and all of that. But yeah, I mean, so it's definitely—I mean, this has been a personal, professional shift uh for me and one that i think that i'm glad that sort of happened um so that i could kind of hit the reset button right yeah really reevaluate um my priorities um and i guess save a little bit of money but i
1: mean yeah that was just my favorite comment from (laughs) you i was like well no shit um i didn't realize yeah and so then i i think that goes to though like when Some people who have taken that really hard look and, like, no, we didn't, like, get self-care, like, down to a T in these last months. But, like, I think that also, though, increased some internalization, though, and, like, processing and increased anxiety because I think that people were trying to you know, still tick all these boxes and please all these things, but still trying to be true to the self that maybe they discovered. Mm -hmm. And so does that then cause, right, that causes work, social life, habits, everything to be different?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, as a therapist, uh, people are coming undone. these and I'm actually glad that we've been able to reset a little bit because sessions are heavy you know it is not just you have one heavy session and then the six other ones are sort of light or at a different stage or whatever I mean almost every single session is heavy and as it should be right now Mm -hmm. right so it's important for me to be uh, really taking care of myself because if I'm not taking care of myself then I can't take care of my patients right and then that would cause a whole different thing but um for people right from a psychological perspective we crave structure right and so we were looking at fall and being like oh fall is going to be better right it's going to be okay and it's actually been worse and it continues to get worse um and so again without any sort of normalcy without any sort of structure if you haven't if you didn't have your support system in place right you are craving that and so you're looking for it um and then this is bringing up symptoms that potentially had already existed right but now everything is is just coming to a head right everything um is kind of volcanoing up as i would think of
1: it yeah and uh, i think that that i don't know because we always have this conversation caitlin's very scheduled structured and then i always feel i have this like thought like oh if i'm scheduled and structured i'm like not fun liz i'm not doing this and she's like yes yeah, schedule the the non-structured time. And I was like, all right, so I've been trying to get better at that. But so I think that people don't know how to schedule for themselves because we've been so used to just daily life. Like you work, you do this. If you have kids, you do this. And like all of that's changed. You have school, you have teachers to do this for you. And so like I feel it has um, like brought forth some, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but lack of skill set that we have <laughs> oh you mean our mass <laughs> yeah like our the lack of ability like how hard is it to structure it's really not mm-hmm. but like I think that that's where a lot of people are like oh my god now I have to structure my day it's not just structured based on traffic patterns and all these things like it's me actually doing that right. Well, and you
0: have to recognize the anxiety. I think the anxiety that's coming up with all of this, too. Um, I I think people are kind of swinging what I think about like a pendulum kind of going back and forth. Like, okay, it's real. I'm being safe. I'm doing this. Right. But I also want some sense of normalcy, too. So how do I balance that with my family members? And because no matter what we say, I mean, the virus is real. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, whether all of these other things that go about it, I I'm not necessarily sure, but we can say, sure, it's real, um, but how does this affect me, my family, my friends, and all of those other layered pieces, and how do we structure that in while being safe, while also recognizing that everybody's on a different place with it, right? So (laughs) um, navigating those waters right now is something that, well, at least we were never trained as therapists. It was never like, this is gonna be a pandemic. Oh, God.
1: Uh,
0: you know, I don't have a book on
1: it. No. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think, maybe they'll do it. No, for fuck, you. we haven't had that no. yet. No. Well,
0: uh, maybe they'll ask Elective.
1: they could they'll add a credits to our requirements sure. so i'll be going for 10 more years
0: yeah yeah but um and i wouldn't even know what to say but maybe that's what people need to hear too like we don't know but it's you need ask lean on your support system and if yeah. you don't have somebody freaking find somebody and make it work
1: well that reminds me too. the support system i was going to say something on that earlier when you talked about it but it also brings up like so in the world that I work in, right, um, housing is something that's important and essential, right? We know that. But with the laws changing that, like, people can't be evicted now until December, that's also not allowing turnover in apartment complexes or in housing, which is the highest way, like, the highest statistical way for people to maintain that. And so, like, People aren't, they don't have the same opportunities as they did prior to this. And I think that we also forget that and how then that affects people's lives and how they have to structure that. And so, like, I don't believe, like, it's humanely right, right? This is my own personal opinion, to evict someone if they can't pay during this time because they've lost their job. But then also, what about these individuals who are just looking for a place and aren't able to find one because... There's not that turnover like there normally was in apartment complexes.
0: Well, you know, the virus is just one piece of it, right? If we want to go into socioeconomics, unemployment, racism, uh, it's an election year. Um, I I mean, there's so many things that is not even we had to look at ourselves personally. Right. But then we also have to look culturally at all of the things going on around us um, and reevaluate and figure out how we fit into those pieces. And people are struggling, and it's hard, right? And I'm not saying that I have done the greatest job of it, but I do have to. It's made me appreciate my profession more, although it's heavy and different things like that, and it has not been easy. And I, I don't know. I'm in it with people, and I find, <laughs> you know, uh, we're sort of navigating the waters together. But like, I mean, I'm obviously not. They they're coming to me, and I I find value in that, and that me helping them. I think ultimately, as a therapist, that helps you too. You know? Yeah. Um, unintended ways right Um, so this thing is so layered
1: well I think that it's it's also a highlighted at a much more like increased rate that mental health is so important and how can we help our employees or the people that surround us so like I was just reading something about workplace wellness the other day um, and how telehealth has increased and some of the organizations that have like increased their services in order to support people in workplaces um, have even dropped co-pays which I think is super like right brilliant and kind obviously Telehealth has its good things and its bad things, but I think in the fact that we needed something quick, kind of, in order to help with this, like, that was super important, right? And I think it brought that to the surface a little bit more that how can workplaces actually take a role in supporting this wellness, self-care wellness wheel of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that I mean, I've whatever I read this book, I don't remember what it was, but it brings your whole like life down into time. Like you only have 365 minutes of this for this if you did this, but like your work is a huge chunk of your entire life. Like, you know, Absolutely. and so like they need to right? we need to, to find a job that you're passionate right. about. Right. Well, we need to also hold the, our employers accountable to helping take okay. care of us. Yeah. And I think that that has maybe offered some people this like leg to stand on when talking to their employers, like or what can be changed? Well, we need this or well, we this need this ever
0: change the way we do a lot of things, mm-hmm. good and bad. Right. So uh, telehealth, um, using more electronics, uh, hybrid programs, you know, all of those different things um, as we push through this, right? I, I really want to keep a positive attitude. I want to be realistic as to what's happening, but I also want to realize that, you know, we can make it through this, right? That there is light at the end of the tunnel. But I think the reality is that this is going to shape or reshape how we absolutely do mm-hmm. things. Um, and that can be very good, but that can also bring about change, which change, is hard for people Mm -hmm. right and 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 it's hard for us to grasp those things and where do we fit in that um in that where do we fit in that role of change so
1: yeah and i don't the pandemic to me has just um right allowed many people who maybe were living in the twilight zone of like how unstable a lot of our systems are and so like that (laughs) Right? Literally brings about, like, how do we change? And I know that we talked, we were talking a little bit before we started this about some things. Um, But, like, change is a whole other topic. Mm -hmm. Um, But realistically, is that what it, is that what's, like, causing everyone to feel this need to, like...
0: Well, I don't think, yes and no. I don't think that this is a one answer like you're not this isn't okay, one plus yeah. one right like this is complex it's, it's systemic it's integrated it's woven in so i do think change i look at it kind of like this i know you can't see me but i'm doing a wave thing um <laughs> as part of this weaved in pattern absolutely right did we really well of course we didn't want this to happen <laughs> and so now we're being forced to personally look at ourselves professionally look at ourselves culturally look at ourselves you know what I mean like normally we've kind of lived at, at bay right whether that's privilege or wh- whatever you want to call it and things have sort of been harmonious for some people right it didn't necessarily affect us in the way that is uh, it is affecting us uh culturally now if mm-hmm. that makes sense right it's highlighting all of the those injustices all of those discrepancies and we're in a place where we are sort of forced to look at it now instead of where we were forced to kind of turn a blind eye
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and so then my thought on that goes to like how do we how do how do we have the conversation to allow people to give themselves some grace but also see that they have to continue with this change and they do have a role in order for things to increase for the more positive, um, like the more positive light that we could live from this very situational thing that none of us were ready for. Because I think when you tell people to give yourself grace, sometimes it's like, oh, here's my token to just Fucking not care about any of this, or not see any of it, and now turn that blind eye again.
0: Right. Well, part one of that is we can't make people do anything. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth of it. The only right we can go. The only thing we have control over is ourselves. Right. And so we can be preaching at anybody and do this, and they have to. They have to want to make those changes and they have to want to see that light, right? Just because I am not personally affected by one of these issues, right, doesn't mean that I should turn my eye to it, right? I should be able to understand and see the other side of it and be an advocate in ways that I can be. Um, I would hope that people would want that more humanistic approach, but not everybody is going to. Mm -hmm. I think it is just doing our best, navigating our waters and helping people see that... No matter what, even if it's not at your front door and doesn't affect you today, it could affect somebody that you love, you care about. And even if it doesn't, you should still (laughs) be open to the topic and um, know that the world is bigger than just what's in front of our face. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're not going to change others. But I think by having that attitude, potentially being an advocate in areas that we care about, we can't care about it, not every single thing. But, you know, it just makes me think of... Being, like, right now, I think we're being an advocate for mental health, okay? So if people want to listen to this and this is a topic, is this the most important topic to every single person that's out there? No. But if we can change one person's mind or we can help one person, if we can connect to one person, that's making change. So, like, that ripple effect. That's kind of my philosophy on that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's good. I think maybe that was just, like, my concern is, like, if I – You know, I'm having a conversation with someone, and they're like, just feeling so overwhelmed by a situation or by a yeah.
0: We want to fix things. Yes, I'm going to tell you as a therapist, and what you learn is hold space. Okay, just be with somebody and ask them the question: Do you want my advice? Do you? They can say yes or no, right? Do you want me just to listen? Those are the two biggest things, and I try to teach people this. Do you want my advice right now, or do you just want me to listen? Mm -hmm. And most people. (laughs) and that's the truth of it Oftentimes, that is what it is so keep holding space for people and try to think of it in that way and I think what we're trying to do is hold space for people too I don't know if they're listening to it I know (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that would be what we do and then also as therapists as you go through and you start to to learn new we are not supposed to give advice that's the number one yeah. thing that they teach you right hold space be with that person be human to human and really just try to help people maybe think about it in a different way and when they're ready right you taught the topic of D V
1: how many times
0: right mm-hmm. it's really just about holding space with them
1: right yeah and I just you know there is I just or just being there like water spilt so i'm just gonna help clean this up we're just gonna be here together and that might be you know that might be the first time someone's ever just stepped in and like i'm gonna help you with this Mm -hmm. right but you didn't even have to say it you just started doing it Mm -hmm. Yep. yeah
0: creating that uh, safe environment for
1: them which then brings i don't even know if it does but i was just thinking of like actions and like what people can do negatively coping with the pandemic like yes like people are doing that Mm -hmm. But I don't even know if they know that they're doing that because I think that we go back to the self-care piece of like, that's really looking at in yourself in the mirror. And so... What are negative um, coping things with the pandemic that you're seeing?
0: Well, I mean, I think uh, we are seeing increased rates of drug use, alcohol use, Mm -hmm. crime, Um, DV has gone up. I can only imagine um, the abuse that has taken place within homes. Right. Right, Yeah. Emotional. Um, Suicide rates have gone up. Yes. This is this is heavy. This is heavy, heavy stuff that's happening. And if they didn't have the ability to cope before it, right, and they didn't learn those positive skills, then this uh, pandemic has highlighted again, all of those other things. So, I mean, I think we are seeing a lot of that. And, you know, not that negative coping is anxiety or depression or identity i mean we're seeing increased rates of um symptoms and diagnoses um i mean in during this pandemic is the most time in my career although it's not this long long career but of having conversations of inpatient or outpatient programs okay i mean i've never had this many conversations i mean i almost had to commit two people in one day which i've never had to do before mm-hmm. right? so my biggest thing when I first got into this field was assessing for suicide right um and oh my goodness I mean I'm assessing for suicide with everybody anyway but now it has increased that as well um mean, because people um don't know how to handle this stuff so oftentimes if they're not already having that support system right you turn to negative coping because that's probably what you've already done yeah eating is another one eating is another one um (laughs) Uh, so that is happening um and but also then you need to learn some of the through the self-care then the positive side of things too and how you can kind of balance that stuff
1: yeah because um i think there have been like people who have looked in the mirror and have gained some new mm-hmm. positive coping and i think yeah. that that's where their priorities maybe that's how i wanted to articulate it have changed or they're willing to have those change mm-hmm. but yeah here in Fond du Lac, um we have one of the highest rates of suicide in males over the age of 40 which meet, like beats the national average by like i think 5% but don't we're not going to quote me here today cuz i haven't recently looked at it but i know that during the pandemic that was one in particular population were males in their 40s to mm-hmm. 60s who were completing um and i know that a few of the different situations were related to the pandemic and how they felt about it or thought about it or were coping with it and yeah that so if we
0: didn't have the structures or the positive coping and the stability beforehand again going back to this pandemic just highlighted that yeah enhanced it Um, and we're not through it yet and hence why this is still like part
1: one uh, of
0: all of this Um, I do again will always come back to that we can get through this um, and there can be positives that come out but we also need to acknowledge that um, some really heavy things are going on and we also I think need to give people grace too right Mm -hmm. Um, who are struggling and maybe don't know where to go with some of those things
1: yeah which then I think is probably going to bring us to our part two, which we will do next week. Um, but I think that if you wanted to talk a little bit about cognitive dissonance, because I think we should do a whole thing on it because we were talking about this before. And I think that it's just important because then I think well, it could go into just, the topics of change. I know she did. So just her, and so <laughs> she, she regrets totally, it. Yeah. No, she doesn't. Change
0: the world with it. Um, and basically, yes, We, uh, I don't know if we should go into it today, but we can no, yeah. plant a seed. Yes, that's what I want to do. In my office. Um, and. One seed before we get into this is that, you know, some things that are coming out, if you'd like to do research, I'm a nerd like that, I really do, is what they're calling this right now in the realm of psychology and research field is a collective trauma, okay? Mm -hmm. All of us are going through a collective trauma, Um, and so, yes, so I would, I think that could be another topic, and I want you to know that we're all in this together, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what I taught (laughs) was... which she's pushing for is cognitive dissonance. Okay. Um, so this is also part of what we're going through. There's research articles on it. Feel free to look it up. I'm not totally going into it today. Um, but this is if you know what cognitive dissonance is an example. example
1: The tobacco one. That was a really good one.
0: Um, It's the discomfort that people feel when they have two cognitions. Okay. So a cognition and a behavior that contradict one another. So the example I gave her is I smoke. well, Well, I don't, but this is the example. So smoking cigarettes. Um, I smoke is the dissonance, and the knowledge is that this could kill me, right? To reduce that dissonance or that discomfort with knowing and your behavior, right? So um, you're going to say, oh, well, you're going to justify it, right? It makes me thin. Or um, what are other reasons that people use to smoke? Um, oh, it calms me down. Yeah. Oh, or I say
1: focused. Do it when I smoke. Would drink. drink yes. So yes. oh, that's
0: another one. So you know, it's how we strive to make sense out of contradictory ideas and lead lives that are in in at least in your own minds consistent in meaning.
1: And yes, I learned something new, and that's why I'm like hyper on this. But. Also, that goes back to like the eating, though, and the negative coping. Like, I think that this has highlighted, but then some people are using their rationale is like, oh, it's a pandemic and I'm not able to meet these needs or I'm not able to meet those needs. I mm-hmm. mean, um, so I just don't think that our pre- prior conversation to this podcast about this yeah. topic is exactly it. But I think that it goes back to a lot of people yeah. maybe not addressing their self-care. Mm-hmm. Right? And like really trying to meet all of those needs or evaluate yeah, so
0: it. We justify our wisdom or our choice. we find reasons to dismiss the alternative, right? And so absolutely, we can go into this.:
1: uh, into Oh but one of our other.: ones. Yes.
0: Liz is, is liking this, but um So what did, what did they give on this one?
1: Um, I thought they gave the tobacco one, and that's why you gave me the tobacco one. We can always bring it back to my naps. Just kidding to go back to work or I want to go to my favorite bar to hang out
0: with my friends is dissonant with the information that suggests these actions might be dangerous okay yep so you know some of this research and some of the articles are talking about we have this you know cognition in our head right I want to go back to work I want to hang out at the bar I want to hang out with my friends right but then that information suggests these actions might be dangerous right due to we know that the virus is real Mm -hmm. so then what do we do we create a way to rationalize so they This is happening over and over and over. And I do think that this is another piece of what is also going into the pandemic
1: right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then also collective trauma. I forgot that term. Yeah, that would be a whole, (laughs) that's a whole nother one. But yeah.
0: That's COVID part.
1: uh, But then do you think, oh God, I could get into 10 hundred million seconds on the collective trauma, like so many different cultures and um, demographics have experienced collective trauma before this. Yeah. And so, like, you know what I mean? It's not a new topic. Right. And so, but yet we're still struggling with the thought of like this being a trauma. And it, I don't know. So, yeah, but yeah, that's a whole nother topic collective trauma. Mm-hmm. Or trauma it's- it's itself. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. For COVID-19, part one, episode three, do you have anything else you would like to leave or want to listeners or myself with?
0: Yeah, I think just looking at yourself, looking at your behaviors, just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're not taking of yourself ask somebody for help
1: ask somebody and print to- off the fucking wheel <laughs> just kidding kk wants to join I'll her workshop kind of i know yes
0: be able to eventually get it and putting it all together but but yeah it's important maybe i'll record myself and then you can just have the tools and this will help you get through
1: it yeah i think that that's yeah. a pretty positive there is light at the end of the tunnel I yes really that. You just get, keep and i'm with you and you got to keep the supports like the not just physical changes or different things it's the people support so all right thank you
0: we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and hope that you learned a few things
1: the importance of mental health issues continues to grow and we hope we shed some light on topics that are important to you while also fucking some shit up
0: all right. Let us know what topics you would want to learn more about and email us at psycho at gmail.com. Again, that's psycho at gmail.com. Thank,
1: Thank you. you.